You're just gonna stay angry at God for the rest of your Whether it's popular or not, we're seeking out what pleases the Lord. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the UPC Later podcast. In the conclusion of Anthony's story, I'm not ashamed. I want to thank you all so much for being so supportive of Anthony and so receptive of his story. You guys are truly the best and it means the world to myself and I know it means so, so much to Anthony. I'm really excited because there's going to be some stories that are going to be shared on the po- the um, Instagram page, so make sure you're tuning in and looking out for those. And the next couple of guests that are lined up, um, I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear their story. Thank you guys so much for, for being so open to sharing your stories and for trusting me to create a safe space in doing so. Um, I'm actually really overwhelmed with the amount of people who want to share. So I'm looking forward to this next year and making sure everybody gets the opportunity who wants to share, whether it be through an interview, through the Instagram page, whatever you feel most comfortable with. Um, there's a lot of really fun things in store. So I'm, I'm really excited for everything that's happened so far. I'm really looking forward to all the good things to come. And with that, let's get right to Anthony's story. Let's go. All right, friends, we are back this week with our guest, Anthony, and the conclusion of his story. So, Anthony, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Hey, uh, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, of course. So last we um, spoke, we were discussing um, your findings in the Bible, um, not being able to line it up to any other, you know, source of comparison. So you know, you said that that was part of your, your start of leaving. So can you talk to me about, um, like, did the, did leadership know that you were leaving? Was it abrupt? Did you let them know? Was it sort of like a slow process? I didn't really let them know that I was leaving. And um, I never really felt it was necessary uh, to make like a big announcement or proclamation. I knew in my heart where I stood by the time I had gotten to that point already. And I just couldn't, um, I couldn't compromise my own morals anymore and, and justify certain things anymore. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Did your family know that you were leaving? They, I told some of them as soon as it happened and some of them just found out through observation they okay. they they noticed that I wasn't um, actly actively involved or at- attending anymore, just because they knew how uh, consistent consistently I had been going and being involved before. So they noticed that change, and um, obviously when my Sundays like freed up all of a sudden. <laughs> then they were like oh you're at the beach on a Sunday so it became (laughs) right it it became pretty they were aware um pretty much uh right away and of you know of course a couple of them had their own thoughts and feelings about it initially you know those that are still in the church which I completely understand it was uh sort of sudden change and they knew what my pattern had been up until that point, but um, that didn't last long. That period of 
getting out and maybe the um, slight uncomfortableness of people that expect you to do a certain thing and and go and behave a certain way and be a certain amount involved that didn't that didn't last too long okay well that's good that you know it was it seems like you know it was at least an easier transition than what some people um with a lot of family in the organization might face but you said you know it was it it seemed sudden to them but to you you know this was not a sudden change this was something that had been coming for a long time yeah i think as well like and i'm grateful that i I, um, it wasn't super bumpy on, you know, with my exit because there are much harder situations and people in more uh, compromised situations. And to me, I felt like, you know, in, in my head, I had these, these, these bricks being built up for a while and nobody really saw that, but, you know, all of a sudden they see a wall, but in my head, I'm like, this has been a gradual process brick by brick for, you know, we're talking maybe years now. So to them, to some people, it was like, wow, all of a sudden there's this wall. But to me, I'm like, this is totally normal because I've been in this uh, process for some time now. Yeah. You've been putting in the work. It's not just an overnight thing that you were like, Hmm, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just leave tomorrow and that'll be it. You know, Right. And it's, and it's understandable that some people are like shocked on the outside, but it, it takes some, um, it takes some patience with, um, on everybody's part to understand where the other person might be coming from. Absolutely. Um, did you have people who were super supportive once you took the step to leave? I had people. Yeah, definitely. Actually. Um, so first of all, I'd like to say that there are family members of mine and given my heritage and everything like that, that I'm grateful for. And I wouldn't trade that heritage for anything. Um, and there are people, close family members of mine still involved in the church. And I, they're the best people in my life. And they've, they've taught me a tremendous amount of things. And, you know, I, I love those people with all my heart. Now, having said that, I have also family members of mine, you know, really from a different side of my family. Um, you know, my mom's family was primarily raised in the church. My dad's family was not, and they never had that uh, that religious upbringing or indoctrination. So there are there are families members that I leaned on and looked to as an example of, you know, you can be outside of this system and outside of the church and you will make it just fine. You will have all the protection you need. You will have all the support you need. You'll have all the community you need, all the friendship you'll need. You don't have to feel dependent on this source is where I get everything. If I'm not in the church, I will lose it all. Because that was kind of my mindset while being in it. Yeah. And that can, that type of uh, mentality and uh, culture can cultivate a sense of like entrapment. And it's, it, it's, it could be why 
you know, a lot of the people stay because they're afraid of really losing community Absolutely. And, and walking away from their family that's in it. Right. And they can feel maybe they're, um, maybe there's a sense of like betrayal if they, if they walk away. Sure. And uh, honestly, you know, given my heritage, I, that was definitely a feeling that I felt in the initial aspects of, you know, m- me, me walking away. But I saw that there was good examples. Like I said, there's good examples, you know, of good people within the church, you know, members of my family, they just have that added, um, the added um, factor of religion, I'll say. And I have family members and people who do incredible things that have been incredible examples of me or to me that are outside of all of that. And I was able to really, I was really able to draw from that in my process, you know, out of the church. I love that. Um, and, and I've said before that I felt like leaving the UPC was easily the hardest breakup of my life. Um, cause that's what it, it feels like, you know, you're starting completely over for the most part, you know, your routine, your friends, a lot of the times your family, sometimes your job, sometimes your living situation, it all changes once you leave. Right. And that's your, that's also part of your childhood. So it's like, I'm, you know, part of the, part of the childhood that I had, what I grew up in, you know, it's like, I'm going to leave this behind. So it can be a little, um, it can be a little jolting and traumatic to just be like, I've got to walk away from it. Absolutely. It's something you, you, and I, it's interesting because it's like a grieving process, right? Yes. Like similar to a grieving process. Yes. You, you are letting go of this thing that you knew for a long time. And, um, it's not an easy decision. No. I would like people to recognize that. And I'd like anybody who's still actively involved in the church to recognize that as well. It is no easy decision to leave. And it's not on a whim. Right. It's yeah. not, it, it's not like I'm just going to, you know, uh, I'm just not going to stop showing up. Right. It's, 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 it's much more. It's much more foundational than that. And I think that a lot of people have the misconception that it's due you walking away, maybe due to something like church hurt, you know, and it's been kind of discussed on different episodes of the podcast before. And it's not that way. The majority of the time, yes, there's hurt, you know, being, there's damage being done in the, in the church and by the church. And uh, I've believed that for a long time, but I stayed after a lot of damage and after a lot of hurt. You did. Yeah. And so that was not my point of contention. I stayed even in the face of all of that, even in the face of what really looking back was like mental abuse. Yes. And that is not why I left. So I would like 
people to um, be willing to understand and open-minded about the more of the reason why people may no longer accept that or they may uh, walk away. Right. And, and I agree with you completely. You know, it's easy, you know, everybody, you know, the phrase church hurt is so common now. And um, I actually heard a sermon that somebody shared and was like, well, you, I'm unoffendable. You can't offend me. Nothing you can do is going to drive me away. And it's like, but that's not an excuse for the church to just treat people any which way and expect them, you know, to at a certain point say enough is enough. Right. And I, I, yeah, definitely. And, and just like that, I heard a sermon recently because, you know, every once in a while I'll, you know, listen to a message for fun. I, I'm curious to see what they're saying. Yeah. So, so I'll listen to, it's part of my like research and development, <laughs> but I'll listen to what they're saying. And I heard recently in a sermon, it was like, well, you're going to get hurt out there if you go out in the world. So, you know, you may get hurt in here too. And I get that people are people and anywhere there's people, there's going to be disagreement and um, conflict, but that's not, that's not necessarily an excuse to be like, I, I don't really, um, I don't really accept that as a valid excuse to keep behaving the way you're behaving. Right. Yeah, I mean, like you would think that they would strive to be better. It's not well. You're going to get hurt anywhere else. You may as well come here. It's no, right? No, right. that's you're, that's not acceptable. Right. To me, I don't really. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's totally excusable. Right. Because right it's now, like, if I'm in a situation where I'm facing, you know, whether it be mental abuse, things like that, I remove myself from the situation. Right. It's not like, well, I'm going to get hurt somewhere else. Like, no, I, you know, you make the decision at some point to be healthy and make healthy decisions and that should be okay. Exactly. And it, and that comes to the church needing to be accountable and really look in the mirror and recognize the damage that is being done to people by a lot of these messages and take some accountability. Right. And, Hopefully, there. My hope is that they're willing to do that. I mean, I haven't seen really a change in a long time or ever, but it would be really refreshing if they kind of did an about face and really grasped you, the the implications of their teaching and and their actions and realize that it does have real world consequences and it really is taking a toll on some people's lives. Right. I mean, because from such a young age, you said, you know, you identified as homosexual from a young age. And then to hear year after year, message after message, time after time, again, that you're wrong. You're, you know, everything about who you are is incorrect. Um, and the toll yeah. that must've taken yeah, it takes it, it takes a big um, it it takes a heavy mental toll, and it's it's like it's it's ironic that you have to 
um, you have to go outside of the church to undo a lot of the damage that was done inside the church. Yes. It seems kind of like messed up, doesn't it? A little backwards. Yeah, it, it is backwards. Yeah. Completely. Um, talk to me about the hardest part of leaving for you. So the I would say the hardest part was the guilt feeling of giving up part of a legacy in my family, what was what's considered a legacy, almost feel like and almost feel like, as I said, a grieving process after letting that go. You know, I consider myself and people who know me pretty well would consider me um, a little sentimental, maybe to a fault at times. Like I'll keep like every birthday card I've ever gotten. <laughs> and like, I keep it in a little box and yeah. I'll keep things from, I keep things from my childhood. So I have this special place in my heart, you know, for the church and being raised in it and sort of the aspect of, you know, you're cutting this line off when you leave. Like I was told you're going to, you're going to be this, you're going to be this preacher. You're going to be this musician. You're going to be this fill in the blank when you grow up. And I was told that as a young child and when I left, it was like the, the understanding in my head and dealing with, well, you're not going to be anything you were told you would be since you were a child. So I had to kind of work through all that as well. And um, I would say that's the hardest part because I felt like I could be a disappointment. Okay. But I, I valued me being honest with myself more, more than that. I love that. Um, that you made that decision to value yourself more. I feel like that's really important. Um, so talk to me, what, what's been the best part in your own personal life um, since leaving? The best part would be, I would say, not having the constant uh, 24-7, you know, 365 inner struggle of living a double life. And, you know, because of the worry of what people would think, whether it be attributed to my beliefs or sexuality or really any decision of mine for that matter, right. like any, any decision that I could possibly make, like not being worried about being scrutinized or somebody being critical of, you know, my own, my own personality, my own personal life my own decisions that I'm fully capable of making. And I kind of um, took that, um, I kind of took that authority back. And it's like you're and experiencing true freedom. Yes, that was an, that was a point of true freedom, letting go of the shame and guilt. And really it's a, you know, it's a church word, but condemnation. Yeah. But the feeling of, you know, I always have to watch my back or I always have to look over my shoulder. I always have to behave a certain way. 
and I apologize for the plane going over here. <laughs> uh, I live close to an airport. So, um, also, I live near, uh, next to a lake. So, if you hear ducks squawking in the background, I promise it's the ducks and it's not me squawking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> okay. So, you know, back on topic, you know, the best, you know, the best part of leaving is accepting that freedom and you not having to carry this weight of living two or three lives at one time. Right. Because I felt you know, that that is so much pressure to keep up with. Yes. And at some points in the church, I felt I was at my breaking point a couple times and I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with myself. Like this version of my life couldn't keep up with the other one. Yeah. It's not sustainable. No, it's definitely not. Like I'm one person. I can't be two or three people. Like there's no, I can't be three personalities. No, I, I can't be, I can't be three different lives. I can't appease every, every single person who wants me to do every single thing. Okay. I'm me. And that's going to have to be good enough for people. I love that so much. Um, can you talk to me about where your beliefs are now versus where they were when you were at your um, peak in the UPC? Yeah. Wow. That's been, uh, that's been a long road. Um, and I'm still learning every day and and tr- encouraging myself to be um, be critical and always examine my own beliefs further. Um, I no longer find myself tentatively accepting something as truth. You know, that's in air quotes. Um, <laughs> simply because it's it's what's presented to me, and that's something that obviously you know, we faced a lot and I faced a lot in the church growing up, you know, you, you hear this thing and then you accept it because it's coming from a position or somebody in a position of authority. Right. Right. Um, I also don't subscribe to um, the faith concept as much as in, you know, there's two different um, there's two different usages in the Bible of faith, right? It's a belief system, uh, but it's also having confidence in something. So when I use the word faith, it means um, in this context, it means confidence in something. Um, and I had a question posed to me once. And it really provoked a lot of thought. And somebody said to me, is there any position that I couldn't take based on faith? And I had to think about it. And I stood there and I really thought about it. Being honest with myself, I was like, I don't think there is. I think you could say um, this race is inferior to this race because I take it on faith. I think you can believe other abhorrent things if you just say, I believe this on faith. And what I came to with that is faith is a wholly unreliable pathway to truth. 
you know, if you have a coin and you say whatever it lands on, whatever whichever side it lands on, that's the pathway to truth. Nobody would buy that. Right. It's a completely inconsistent method of navigating your own beliefs to get to the truth. So I try and, you know, I've had a lot, I've had to do a lot of deprogramming of the way I um, analyze certain things that are being said or being taught or otherwise. And um, I would say I just hold it to a little more scrutiny, you know, everything. And some people have actually accused me of being too critical in my process. <laughs> and, and when they say that, a couple of people have told me that. And my response to that is, if this is the truth, the actual truth and the actual findings, what is a fact? It should be able to stand up to the harshest criticism possible. Yes. I should be able, I should be able to tear this up and break this down and it will survive. If it's the actual truth. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stand with all of that now and, you know, fact finding and everything. And that must be so um, refreshing for you that to find fact uh, with what you believe and not base it on just somebody else's word and somebody else's findings. Like you're finding fact for yourself, for what you, you know, want to stand on. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's liberating for sure. And it's something that when I started thinking more along these lines, it was really liberating. And um, I, I felt like it opened up a whole new window of opportunity for me that I think I wasn't privy to uh, growing up and through adolescence in the way I was sort of taught to think about things. Yeah. And this opened up a whole new world of, no, you can actually think about something and scrutinize it and be critical of it and examine it. And it's okay. You don't have to be guilty for not accepting somebody's word just on a whim. And yes. when, it, when it comes to like trivial things as to like day to day, what somebody tells me, obviously I'm not going to be over analytical and I'm not, you know, I'm not a robot to where I'm just going to have an automatic response to something they're saying is like, you know, they're late to see me because they could either say they stopped for, at a gas station or stop at a grocery store. Like, and I'm not going to be overly critical because that's something so trivial to me. Right. You're not going to say, we'll prove it. Let me see the receipt. <laughs> right. 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 So I want it to be understood that that's not how I live my day to day life. So, but when it comes to where the matters of the universe and, you know, where I may go when I die and what is my purpose with a capital P in this, you know, destiny and all of that, that's gonna, that, you know, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So I hold that to a higher level of, um, expectation and I'm going to be a lot more 
uh, analytical about those things before just accepting it and then framing my entire life and lifestyle around that belief system. Love that. Um, can you give anybody who's listening who may be considering leaving? Because um, we've got a, ride, a wide variety of people listening, some who have left, some who have been gone, some, some who have never been in the UTC, some who are still um, in, in the organization. So if we could just speak to the, those who are considering leaving, but they're scared, what would you have to say to them? I would say that I would say what I tell my younger self, like my teenage self, there is a future outside of dogmatic or fundamentalist religion. And I'll reference, you know, positive influences that I've had. You know, I know a lot of people that do a lot of good, both and giving more credibility you know, people in my life that I love that I'm close to still in the church, but there are also people who are no longer affiliated with the church that do plenty of good. You know, a a close family member of mine is, you know, he donates to like battered women's shelters, but, you know, he was exiled by the church because they didn't agree with a part of him. But they don't know that side of his life they don't know his life as a real person. And I have another family member who's no longer affiliated with the church that gives food and clothing to the homeless, the homeless on a consistent basis every week. They don't know that side of her and, but that's her as a person. So I would say, don't be, don't be afraid of, leaving the church and feeling like you're giving up your whole life because you can still be you. That power belongs to you as well. It doesn't belong to anybody else. And don't let, don't let them have that much power over you. And my second piece of advice would be, um, don't be afraid to be critical of belief systems and ways of thinking, religious doctrine, and my path sort of through that and out of that um, I learned about something called epistemology and uh, what epistemology essentially means is like how you reach a, a certain conclusion about something like how you come to a certain belief about something that you hold as a deep core value so how you get there is important to the conclusions you reach in your life so i would encourage you to practice epistemology with yourself and i remember coming out of the church and there are things that pop up occasionally that are kind of residual you know those leftovers that we have like when we leave the church and something comes up every so often and it could be like a mindset or like some leftover belief you have. I don't know if you can relate to that, but like a leftover belief that you have that 
maybe needs to be worked on a little bit. There was there was something that came up one time after I, you know, left the church and left a lot of those concepts behind. And I remember somebody said something and in response, just as a reflex, I said, Oh, that's not right. That's not the way it should be. And then after the fact, like it, within like five seconds, I was like, in my head, I was like, well, why did you respond that way? Why were you so dismissive of this thing when you don't, that was an understanding of the culture that you had. And so I would encourage somebody to be brave enough to examine your own beliefs as sometimes as difficult as it can be, especially when you've held them closely for a long time. And um, be open, be open-minded to, to finding out more and discovering things for yourself. Mm-hmm.